Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy and I'm here with co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund, and you can learn more about that at masters.vc. This show, folks, is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We are having a grand time ripping that opaque lid off the world of the conventional venture capital to show you how it works. And there you have it. Hi, Jillian. What's on your mind today? Hi, Anne. Term sheets, actually. I've been thinking about term sheets. They're just, you know, one of the critical pieces to success in venture investing. Excuse me, in venture investing. Let's try that three times backwards slowly, shall we? Okay, anyway. Come in. Should we we just do it again? Yeah, I'll do it. Start with hi, Anne. Hi, Anne. Term sheets, actually been thinking about term sheets. They're just one of the critical pieces to success in venture investing. Um, They come in after due diligence, they go in before investment documents, and some of their contents are fungible. Now, there's a 25-cent word. Fungible refers to like items that are interchangeable. One can replace the other. You know, some of the terms in the term sheet contain fungible items. They're negotiable terms. So I'd like to dig in to, you know, what term sheets usually contain, what's important for investors and entrepreneurs to include, exclude, to understand, and how to negotiate them well for the benefit of all the parties. Excellent. Let's begin with the definition of a term sheet. Here's the super short, short definition provided by Katie Jensen in her article titled The Essential Guide to Term Sheets. How well, there's a good name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Katie defines it this way. A term sheet is a document that outlines the terms of an investment offer. Well, that about sums it up. I'll see you next week. Not so fast, partner. Let's unpack that. First, I note a term sheet is not an investment document. In other words, entrepreneurs, you are close to the finish line when you receive a term sheet, but there's still a lot of work to be done before you pop that champagne cork. I'll say true enough. So salesflare.com, an unusual name for a website that provides this kind of service, but they contain a complete series of articles in which they describe them as a master's class in startup funding. And they're actually really good. So I suggest them salesflare.com. Now in an article titled Startup Funding Masterclass Part 9, you can see how robust this is, The Ultimate Term Sheet Guide, All Terms and Clauses Explained, this salesflare.com website explains that, and I quote, the term sheet is all about dividing the upside and risk between parties. I think that about really covers it. It's the you know, upsides and the downsides. So there are a number of standard clauses in a term sheet that divide that upside and the risk. It's about the custom clauses. Think about these as the addendum A stuff that's generally attached to a standard agreement of almost any kind. This is where the details of this specific agreement are spelled out. Okay. 
So let's take a look at the upside and risks involved in early stage investing and that find their way into a term sheet. Well, beginning with the upsides, there is the potential that the company will become a billion dollar unicorn company. Yep. And that happens about as often as unicorns appear in the daily news. You read about every one. While it seems like they're all over the place, CB Insights, one of my favorite research companies, posted that there are 631 unicorns in the entire world in 2021. 318 are U.S.-based companies. And we'll put a link to that research report on every one of those companies on our LinkedIn page. You can find us by searching outlines, that's plural, venture, that one singular, group on LinkedIn.com. Yeah, we're outlines, venture, group on LinkedIn.com. Now, 631 companies. That sounds pretty good, Jillian. Yeah, yeah, we've only been accumulating these unicorn companies since so 1945. So, I mean, I get that this is silliness, but really, that amounts to about eight unicorns of peace worldwide, right? Mm-hmm. Every year, since yeah. most VC companies <laughs> invest nationally or are even more tightly regional than that, looking at the 318 companies over 76 years means uh, that would be in the US alone, means that we'd see four unicorn companies on average per year in the US venture capital market. Four. Hmm. Yeah, in 2020 alone. There were 6,022 venture capital investment deals made. Okay, 6,022 and four would become unicorns. And that's an average, so it could be more, could be less than any given year. Okay, in prior years, the deal numbers were actually much higher. For example, well, let, let's just start in the same year, 2020, VC firms raised $73.6 billion for those 6,022 venture capital investments. And in prior years, these numbers were even larger. Hmm. Four unicorns valued at over 1 billion each. Uh, Let's say they average 10 billion each, you know, give them a little bit of of excitement there. That's 40 billion in total valuation. But you just noted the VCs raised more than seventy-three billion in that same year. Yeah, that's a lot of VC investments that did not yield anything like a unicorn-sized return to investors. Suddenly, four unicorns a year doesn't sound quite as robust. My point exactly. Now, while it's possible to be the lucky investor that puts the early capital into a company that will see the unicorn size exit, there are tens of thousands of investments made each year by angels and VC investors. And only four on average are gonna see that unicorn size exit. it's gonna take a long time to get there, by the way. We all know that. Okay, but be prepared entrepreneurs not to be the unicorn and be prepared investors to find an ROI that will satisfy your capital investment needs without seeing a unicorn investment. Neither of you are likely to see it. Point well made. Now back to the elements of the term sheet that can help both entrepreneurs and investors to get to the promised land of a mutually beneficial investment relationship, rather than that all too likely disappointing relationship of chasing the elusive unicorn. 
all too likely disappointing. I'd say it's mostly going to be disappointing, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, sadly, great risk. Yeah. 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 Here are the basic terms covered in a term sheet. Our friend Alejandro Carmades wrote a good article for Forbes.com. His very comprehensive list of common elements in a term sheet include who is issuing <laughs> drum roll, who is issuing the note or stock, type of the collateral being offered, the valuation, the amount being offered, shares and price, what happens on liquidation or IPO, voting rights, board seats, conversion options, anti-dilution provisions, investors' rights to information founder obligations, who will pay legal expenses, non-disclosure requirements, rights to future investment, and of course, signatures. Whoa, it's a long list. How do we parse it, Jillian? It certainly is. So as Alejandro points out in that article, a term sheet can be a one-page or a 10-pager, you know, and it's a good idea to have some clarity around every one of these issues from the start to avoid negotiating every piece of them in the final investment document. So it's best to get to an agreement now. But today, let's focus on the items on this list that can actually move the needle on getting to a mutually beneficial agreement. Well, Jillian, before we get to that list and before uh, we have to go to break in just a minute, I just have to say you are becoming a broken record about that term, mutually beneficial agreement. Let's get real here. For more than three generations, the VC relationship with entrepreneurs has often been, how do I say this delicately? Why bother saying it delicately? <laughs> Less than mutually beneficial. It's the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. And notice I said he. <laughs> so mm -hmm. in this case, the VCs make the rules. And if the entrepreneur wants to get that investment capital, they pretty much have to take those terms. There's not really a lot an entrepreneur can negotiate. And I'll point out in defense of the VCs, this is a very high risk game. We just ran through those numbers. Hundreds of billions of dollars, billions, mind you, are invested in less than a handful of companies. We'll see that unicorn size valuation or return those 100x and more to investors. The piece people keep avoid looking at, and yes, avoid looking at, because it is as plain as the noses on our faces is that there are a lot of losses in venture capital. VCs count on one in 10, one in 10 investments making any kind of significant return to the fund. This one company must carry the other nine losses and make up for all the money that was invested in those losing companies. High risk, high reward when you get one. Otherwise, no one would put money into these early stage, highly risky investments. And with that, we need to take a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back with some insights into the world of venture capital on VC Confidential. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. 
Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training, a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Today, we're talking about the ins and outs of term sheets. So Jillian, before the break, we ran through a pretty comprehensive list and then came out, the reason it's so comprehensive is it's a very high risk uh, enterprise being a venture investor. It is the riskiest asset class there is. So well said, Anne. Well said. And we can't say it often enough, right? Conventional venture capital is a high risk game. Whether you're an investor or an entrepreneur, you've got to be prepared to lose all of your invested time and capital. But, and you knew there was a but coming, didn't you? Yeah, I set you up there. Well, thanks for the setup. Yeah. Okay. The reason it's so important for VC investments to evolve is because the risk is simply not acceptable or sustainable for a very broad number of qualified investors. Yes, they're qualified, but no, they do not wish to take on such high risks. Everyone loves the potential of high returns, and not everyone can really afford to sustain the losses required to play that high-risk game. There was one VC company in 1946. There are 321 such funds today, and we're growing rapidly, very rapidly. Almost all VC funds are really very small. New VC funds are sprouting like flower buds. This is all very good news. We want volume in venture capital investing, and we also need variety. It all comes back to that capitalization stack I talk about a lot, right? Companies need different kinds of capital based on the kind of company being built, the stage of the company growth, and the expectations for its future sale or IPO or long-term operation by the same leaders or something entirely different altogether. Conventional VC funds only fund one kind of company, a company that takes huge swings and moonshots, huge risk, sometimes very rarely, huge returns. Most of the time, no returns. A few of the times, 
some returns, but not an ROI that's commensurate with the risks you've taken as an investor. And that's it. Just one kind of company. And those companies are rare. And the winners are even more rare. That's why they're named after a mythical creature. Right. In order for new companies to launch, let alone to grow, pivot, and thrive, we need a much broader pool of funding options. All these options are called venture capital. They capitalize ventures. All good there. But conventional venture capital, as we call it, and the kind that funds potential unicorns, is a completely unusable model for almost all companies on the planet. So I postulate, and I know you agree, Anne, that the only sustainable investment process is a mutually beneficial one. And if every nature, uh, excuse me, if the very nature of the investment continues to kill off 80% to 90% of the world's most promising startup companies, the harm done to all concerned, not to mention the failure of these good ideas and solutions getting to reach the market at all, creates far more harm than good. Unsustainable. Can I say it often enough or loud enough? Probably never too often nor too loud. <laughs> so I do agree, Jillian. If we're going to press this industry to develop a sustainable, mutually beneficial investment process, how shall we begin with the term sheet? Well, there are elements in Alejandro's term sheet list and others. Uh, there are more articles out there. Feel free to browse the web, people. Go down the rabbit hole, right? They can help us to create a mutually beneficial agreement. I would say the elements we could extract from that really long list are the type of collateral being offered, what happens on liquidation or IPO, board seats and voting rights, and finally, conversion options, anti-dilution provisions, and rights to investment. So I've conflated a few of those, but I think really those four, that's the piece. Right. So let's start with the type of collateral being offered. Uh, wait a minute. My mind went to the type of investment being offered, and I suspect many of our listeners' thoughts went there too. But this is about the type of collateral being offered. Does collateral usually come into play when there's a debt involved? Yeah, it does. But it also applies to investment, uh, equity investments, of course. In this case, the author refers to stock, warrants, or shares of a company. And that's what the investor is buying. So if this is an equity investment, that's what they buy. But if it's a loan or convertible note, and loan is a loan, folks, right, then the collateral are those things, stocks, warrants, and shares. Okay. So about this collateral. It seems to me that this is the crux of our soapbox chant. We need more and better ways to fund companies. What constitutes collateral is related to how we are funding a company. Precisely. To mitigate the risk of venture capital investing, we advise investors to look at funding uh, what our friend Astrid Schultz, the founder and manager part, uh, managing partner at Sphera uh, Solutions and the co-founder of Zebra Unite says. And Astrid says, where investors are concerned, zebras are real companies. Unicorns are pipe dreams. For real returns, invest in real companies. Now, before you issue a term sheet, investors, consider what the company you are about to invest in 
whether or not, excuse me, that company is likely to survive and thrive long enough to return a decent ROI to you for the privilege of tying up and using your capital to make their fortunes as well, of course, as your own. If you can see the long-term survival of the company, i.e. this is not just a product, but a company with long-term prospects and the ability to grow, uh, to uh, provide, uh, you know, something to a growing demand for the future world, not the past or the present one, then this is a mutually beneficial investment opportunity. Okay, got it. Let's move on to item two on the short list of what we can leverage to create mutually beneficial investment agreements and thereby significantly increase our chances of seeing ROI as investors and thriving companies in our communities. That second item is what happens upon liquidation sale or IPO. And here's where the attorneys have a field day. It's part of the downsides and details. And that's what I often say about attorneys. They're in charge of downsides and details. Either we get through these thorny issues now and lock down what's going to happen in the event of either the dissolution of a company or a successful exit of the company in a sale or IPO, or we get to hash that out in court. The intrinsic nature of this comp concept of creating mutually beneficial agreements is to stay out of court. Everybody got that? Yes, <laughs> we got that. Staying out of court should be of primary concern to anyone investing in any company and to any entrepreneur about to take that capital to grow their company. So, just addressing the issue of dissolution of the company during the term seat negotiations serves to remind all parties of the risk of that very thing happening. So from there, it's important to understand the limits of liability of who's going to pay outstanding debts if the company goes bust. What's the limit of liability of the entrepreneurs? Does the entrepreneur co-sign for company credit cards? Is this okay with the investor? This is almost always the case with a new company, by the way. Banks won't take on the risk of a company going bust at the early stages. The company is not yet credit worthy, right? It's the entrepreneur who is credit worthy. This is a good time for investors to clarify with the entrepreneur that they are personally responsible for any debts which they co-sign. They cannot and should not count on the investor to take on that debt in the dissolution, event of the dissolution of the company. And there are many more things that you can put into even a term sheet to clarify the limits of liability. Okay. Now, in terms of what happens if there's a sale or an IPO, that's the good stuff, right? Now, if this is a convertible note investment, that includes safes and similar kinds of things, right? At the earliest stages of investment, will the note automatically convert to common stock at the time of the sale or the IPO? Or will it be preferred shares or something else? Will there be restrictions on the sale of that stock for a period of time? You know, this usually comes into play with a series A or later investment in which some stock must be held and not sold for a number of days following an IPO. Generally, founder shares are encumbered this way. Here's where the investor should spell out any limitations and the conversion process so that you can optimize ROI, taxation issues, and a lot of other stuff. 
That's all good. All good, especially when you get to the good stuff. So I'll take on the next one. But first, we have to take a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back with some more insights into the world of venture capital on VC Confidential. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. Today we are talking about how to negotiate a term sheet to develop a mutually beneficial investment agreement. I say those slowly so that everybody can absorb them uh, between investors and entrepreneurs. Before the break, we were covering a list of uh, light items that we want to negotiate and clarify to promote healthier investments. So the next one up on the list was board seats and voting rights. Okay, investors, small investments rarely come with board seats, a request or demands, <laughs> you know, no matter how much you might think it should. A board of director seat carries some weight. A board of advisors seat, not so much. This is a good place for both parties to accommodate one another. If the investor takes an advisory seat, the company might add, you know, a few more shares of stock, which is the usual compensation for advisory board seat holders. This would sweeten the pot for the investor, regardless of the type of investment being made, equity, debt, or a hybrid model. This also provides the company with an advisor who is actively engaged are likely to help the company succeed in the near and long term, i.e. skin in the game. Naturally, yeah. the company will want the advisor to be valuable. Uh, so again, this is about negotiating for mutual benefit. Be clear about what you expect of your advisor or board director or directors. Be clear about voting rights for any position you provide the investor. Clarity around these issues will move the company toward success away from courtrooms and benefit everyone. Well, everyone except perhaps the attorneys who make a, a living negotiating these things in court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> and now, drum roll to wrap up 
let's talk about conversion options, anti-dilution provisions, and rights to future investments. Okay. Conversion options, anti-dilution provisions, and rights to future investments. Okay. So the first item assumes that the investor is using a convertible note. So again, this is most commonly applicable to angel investors or very early seed stage VC fund investors. Now, since most funds are new and small and so on, this applies to a lot um, and many of whom may be listening today. But there is also convertible debt right? A um, loan is offered with an interest rate in a convertible debt situation as opposed to an equity situation. If the company cannot pay the loan in full with a a preset period of time indicated in the term sheet, and then of course in the investment documents, the investor has the right to convert any remaining balance to stop perhaps warrants. Now is the time to be clear about these things. Under what conditions will the investor be able to convert a loan, for example, to stock? Right? How does the company work to complete the debt payments in a timely manner? Uh, this is critical to the success of a successful investment. Each company's projections are just a bit different from the next and the last one. Work together to increase your chances of optimal success for both parties during the term sheet process. Now, if this is a later stage investment, then the term sheet will contain information about anti-dilution rights, rights to make future investments, right? Here's where, again, the pot can be sweetened for an investor who takes on earlier stage risk. Make it too sweet, and later stage investors may shy away from making later stage investments, right? Make it not sweet enough, and the entrepreneur may have trouble wooing an earlier stage investor to take on that extra risk. Balance, nuance, right? And a broader funding model. Lots of options, something to fit every instance. That's the key to mutually beneficial agreements and the key to greater success for investors and entrepreneurs alike. And that's a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of the shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who graciously hosted our previous CEO coach show for more than a decade and host our new VC Confidential show now in its 41st episode. We are grateful for their long and continued support of our work. You can listen to all our episodes from both shows right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.